Denver's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. And today's guest on this show is one of my all-time favorite human beings in the entire poker world, John Ape Styles Van Fleet. Besides being one of your favorite podcast hosts, favorite humans in poker, Ape Styles is also an absolute legend who has racked up more than $17 million in lifetime online MTT caches with no signs of slowing down anytime soon. As a matter of fact, since the last time the great ape was on Chasing Poker Greatness, he's began a brand new adventure, Twitch streaming. It shouldn't come as any surprise to you that because of his authentic nature, elite level of play, and tireless work ethic, he's now one of the most popular poker streamers in the world. If you've ever had aspirations of making it big in the MTT streets and are looking for somewhere to learn and grow, I can't imagine checking out a more valuable MTT poker stream. The link to Ape's Twitch stream will be on the show page of this episode. Now, in today's conversation with John Van Fleet, you're going to learn... Why challenging games with zero financial risk managed to tilt the living bejesus out of even the most stoic of poker players. What not to do when you enter a brand new poker community. The one thing that is absolutely necessary to make it in the world of poker. And much, much more. And before you dive into my conversation with Ape Styles, I just wanted to take a second to let you know I've recently completed my third cash game course and it's called Neutralize Flop Leads. With one PDF and a couple of hours of study, you'll never again feel confused when facing a donk bet in a single raised pot. You can check it out at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. That's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash N-U-F-F-L-E. So without any further ado, I bring to you one of the greatest poker players of all time, John Ape Styles Van Fleet. John, how you doing, sir? Welcome back to the show. It's been too long. It has been a while, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. You you participated in my very brief run, run of that silly-ass little game that I tried to incorporate into the podcast. Oh, man. I was ready for it. I was ready for the game. I was like, <laughs> okay, this time you're going to pause and you're going to tell the truth more. <laughs> <laughs> it It was like too much time and energy for me to put it out there and do do all the polls and i was like ah I, I like the concept but people don't really seem to care so i'm just gonna remove it because it's too much work for me yeah it was it was fun for me though um just getting destroyed um. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'll say this i learned this about you you're a horrible liar so yeah. like I, I learned that i can trust what you say because you are awful at lying <laughs> yeah, I really am. Um, I actually like. I don't have that much practice at lying, but like in poker, people are like, "Oh, when you're playing poker, you're lying." And it's like, no, everyone's consenting to play this within the rules of the game, and we're we're, it's strategy, you know. It's not like people always associate things with 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 the game that that are there but kind of aren't there. They're like, "Oh, 
man, that that bluff took such big balls. And I'm like, no, I'm just doing it with the combos that want to do it. <laughs> like, and it, it, people associate other things with 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 poker other than just. Well, they create a narrative, right? Like, I yeah. think that that's the thing that I see very often is like emotions flare. Once emotions flare, they construct some narrative to make sense of the emotions so that they can understand uh-huh. it. Um, well put. Thank you. I think about this stuff a lot. Like, Me too. Uh, you know, you play poker, right? Have you ever played a session with somebody and you you take a break and they're on break and like you know you're chit chatting and they they say something that like has is happening in the game that like totally is not happening. Like it's almost like you're both playing in different games. They're like, this person's coming after me. They're crazy. They're like, and it's like, am I playing the same game as you are? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 that's really interesting, and it, it 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 can actually be interpreted a lot of ways, though, as far as like how much you can tr- trust eyewitness testimony and things like that, too, right? Uh, oh, for sure, it's everything's about perception and just our own perspective of a thing. It, it, a lot of a lot of things, too, and, and actually, this is a total shift, and I want to go back to what, you were ta- what we were talking about, but I get now that I'm. Um, Doing the Twitch streaming thing, I get more haters than I'm used to, which you just do. When you, the more people there are, the more trolls come out. You know, it just it is what it is. And I realized at first, like at first, I let certain words affect me, you know. And then I realized that those people that that's the that's like they're just really upset, negative, angry people, and they're projecting whatever their shit is on me, right? And that's what a lot of this stuff is: is people projecting their own experience perception etc onto situations that have nothing to do with what they're saying yeah most people care about themselves they don't really care about other people like and they certainly don't care about you right like you're just kind of the target that they're choosing to aim their anger and frustration and depression and anxiety at interesting yeah i think that 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 it's true. And you know what? Instead of just being all offended by that, like, I think maybe now I'm just going to be like, okay, like, hey, if you need to get that out, bud, sure. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this is the way I view it, right? This, this is this is truly the way I view it, which is that, like, I like, I, I accept all the love that comes in. And I'm just like, thank you so much. And I give the love back. And then someone's bringing in their hate that I don't have. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But you, Nah, you can keep that. <laughs> you, can, you can you can just keep that hate, because um, I don't I don't need that in my life, right? And so, for me, of course they can get it, man. That sometimes, like, of course, uh, occasionally they catch me at the wrong moment, and they're gonna they're gonna catch something from me. But and I do throw a little bit of shade here and there. But in general, I try not to get too affected. Yeah, I I, I just I don't tend to get angry when i play poker like i i almost never just like get rage out um and when i'm streaming i'm pretty much even keel and i just try to come back with like funny jokes and kind of make fun of them and that's kind of gotten me into a little bit of trouble because like i've done guest streams for (laughs) other platforms and (laughs) they're i'll like talk shit to one of their viewers uh because they say something and i'll just like make a joke but that's sort of how i deal with it i just try to like say something funny and move on either way like my way is is just like 
I, I have a number of different responses. Uh, sometimes, but recently it was pretty funny. I, I made a huge punt on the bubble of a $25,000 buy-in. I didn't realize there was a player with one, one big blind. And I reshipped on a super aggressive small blind raise. A guy raised to four big blinds. I, I reshipped twos for like 36 bigs. And uh, he had me slightly covered. He had queens busted from this guy with one big blind. Massive punt. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't streaming. I would have seen that and been like, and, and the thing is, I also misinterpreted some some um, bubble data that I'd seen where even stacks we reshove a lot on people where they if they're if they're raising too wide because they can't call with anything. Like he has to be folding like ninety something percent for it to be okay. But I misinterpreted that 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 stuff. And anyway, it was just I I, I acted too fast in the moment, and I was like, like I was so upset. And this guy, right when that happened, right when I got called and busted, said, I want a refund for my my uh, my Ape Styles bundle. And in the moment, I was like, fuck your refund, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it just kind of came out. And uh, everyone, it, it became like this thing, like where it's a command now. And people are like, let's let them know our refund policy. <laughs> but like, and people say it a lot now. And I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't want to say that, but it, it just came out. Uh, I don't remember saying it, but uh, it's a thing now. So. Human beings, like human beings, are just drawn to emotion because we are emotional creatures, and we mm-hmm. like seeing vulnerability. Like I, I think that people like seeing a being vulnerable, right? Like you're you're upset, you're annoyed, like you're showing emotion. You're not just this robot that's making perfect decision after perfect decision. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, like I got like an angry emote and like no one ever uses it because I really don't get too angry. Yeah. Part of that is actually a little bit manipulative on my end, because in my mind, like showing anger means you won. So like I do hold in sometimes a little bit of anger. But for the most part, I think that I'm genuine, like like my reactions to things are genuine, maybe a little bit dampened because, I, I, you know, I'm probably more likely to like yell a few swear words if I'm by myself than if I, you know, but when I'm by myself though, I still do breathe. Think, Hey, you can be like this or you can move on. And then I get back to it. So um, I think that I'm, I'm fairly genuine. Man, I, this, this is a nice long ramble, but I'm trying to say the overall thing I'm trying to say is just that like when I'm live, I think I'm fairly genuine, but I do hold back some of my like more like aggressive responses and things like that. Just cause yeah, I don't want to. I don't want that out there. You know, I don't yeah. want to put that energy out there. Yeah, you don't want to. Uh, you know, do some things that may get clipped and shown everywhere until the end of time with <laughs> some some particular people in the poker world when things kind of didn't go their way. I think that 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 to me seems a little much, a little bit over the top. And on the other, like when I stream, I would say a thing that I don't do in almost any area of life is cheer. Like, I don't celebrate winning pots. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never been the person that's like, yeah, like, I want a 600 big blind pot. I'm just like, keep making decisions, right? Like, it's... No, I, I don't. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Live, I actually just kind of think it's rude. Like, I think so, too. Like, you're, like <laughs> this motherfucker just lost. Like, he just got crushed, and you're yelling in his face. You're, like, gyrating. You're, like, yeah! <laughs> like, doing this thing, like, yeah, like, dancing around. They just, like, lost their, their last money. Like, what yeah. are you doing, man? Just, just chill. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, that, that's that's kind of how I feel too. Although, like, it's good for TV. It's good for TV when people do that that obnoxious stuff. But like, I don't, I don't like it. I and, can't make myself do it. I, I can't. I just can't do mm-hmm. it. I mean, like, and, and the thing is, I also think that I've I've trained myself to just kill the top and the bottoms of of of, of the ups and the downs. Where when something good happens, I'm like, hell yeah. And then when something bad happens, I'm like, oh, that sucks. You know, but like <laughs> yeah. it just it just happens. And, and because if I didn't do that, I don't think I would make it because it's just too emotionally draining to, to deal to deal with all that up and down and, to, and disappointment. And you have to just focus on the decisions. The stuff that really, really sticks with me is when my decisions suck. That two two hand. Oh, my God. Stuck with me for a week. At least I would just beat myself up. But yeah, that's the thing you can control, right? Like yeah. that, that's a decision you can control when you, when you fuck up a decision that you can control that then i think you ought to be upset with yourself um when things happen beyond your control it's like whatever yeah what can you do like like like, what's the point i i I get it though i i understand but you just have to be able to accept the things you can't change right and 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 i've learned that that's focusing on the process and the things that i can control is is the successful way to be here um what's funny though because when i play chess Everyone's everyone was like, man, you just completely lose your poker face. You get like I got really tilted, like because <laughs> a lot of my a lot of my uh like study or, or a lot of my mental game training I learned is is poker specific, basically. Because if, if it turns into chess, I'm just like I tilt. It's a different world. You don't know how to deal with the emotions you feel in chess. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but I guess also in poker, when I play poker, I I, I feel a sense of mastery. Um just because I've studied these spots a lot. Now there's, there's a lot more to learn and I learn how much I need to learn every day. But at the same time, like I still feel like I understand the ins and outs like pretty deeply in poker compared to chess. Yeah. And it it makes sense. Like I, I got, look, it's very rare that I say or do something that is out of line, like especially live poker. I think like one time, I raised my voice at a guy for like one second because it was like he folded a hand in and he was like, I folded this year. And I, I said, like, I don't care what you folded. <laughs> like that was that was all I said. And like I immediately racked up my chips and went to my room because I was like, your head's not right. Like, that's not you. But then if you sit like me, my wife and a good friend down to play like a board game like Catan. <laughs> it's going to be fucking screaming. Like I get so tilted out of my mind in Catan um, and never get a like, and we're playing, there's no stakes. I don't win or lose anything, but I still get super angry in different games. And now that you say it, that's very weird. I have to watch that though with me. I, Cause I can be kind of competitive too, but I've, I've gotten a little bit better about, about accepting um, not, not being super cutthroat playing like board games with family. <laughs> Just cause I have an approach to games, right? And well, it is kind of funny though. Like, like I remember when I was, I was learning Guitar Hero with this girl Maria, and like, at first she was loving singing along with it and messing up and doing the easy stuff, and I thought it was kind of lame. But then, like, I started getting better at it and faster and, and like competitive. And she's like, it's not fun anymore. And I'm like, it just got fun. (laughs) (laughs) Progression is what makes it fun. Not just sucking forever. Yeah. Not like the singing along. Like for me though, that's, that's the, I enjoy like getting better at things and and stuff too. So. 
you, for you the and most I, part. basically, like, I, I think as you grow and mature as a human being, we can kind of, like, let these things, these small things go. At least in my case, like, I find myself sometimes playing a game against, like, my kids, right? And I, I realize, like, I let them win sometimes. And they it, they value it so much. Like, it, it almost makes me feel good to let them win because they feel like they've accomplished something. And there's just more to life, I think, than just crush, try to be cutthroat and crush everybody at everything all the time. Crush them. It's a tough world. (laughs) 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 Um, Nah, uh, I agree. I actually, there was a point in time when I held the perspective that I will never lose intentionally, like in chess or something to a a kid. Nah, I will now for sure. I think you Um, should do it not just to children, but even friends or family. I, I think that that's 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 the next step john in the the evolution that made me breathe heavy <laughs> lose intentionally to friends and games oh my gosh look here here's the thing baby steps like you like you said when somebody's like celebrating and then there's this other person that's like crushed in games whenever you lose like as bad as you as bad as it feels to lose that other person feels just as good when they win right and i think that like if you can tap into an awareness of how good they feel because they just won, then it lessens the sting a little. Oh, cool. And you know what? I'm going to let people, everybody know that I do that sometimes, but I'm not going to tell them when I do. So when I do lose, <laughs> oh, they'll always be like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now you just got to have, have an out, an excuse every time. Bam. Yeah, just let you win. That's, that's how no, it I would works. never say that. I would never say that. I would just be like. I would let them know before we played that sometimes, you know, I'm a kind kind of person that lets people win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. I, but I, I, I've never done that. I've actually never let somebody win um, in, a, in a competitive, like, game. Actually, kids, yes. But I haven't never, I'll try it. I'll try it. Wow. Let's see. Let me know. Get back to me on, on, mm-hmm. on what happens. Um, I, I used to, like, look, so I would play Rocket League. And these kids would talk trash in Rocket League, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. they like, spam and they, they troll and, like, what a save, what a save, what a save. Like, they just, they bring it, man. They talk mad trash. And, like, mm-hmm. when they win, it's, like, too easy. And I, I just realized, like, sometimes it would trigger me. And I find myself being the old man sitting there, like, pressing this PlayStation button and, like, trying to type out the words, like, fuck you, guy. You're like, <laughs> it's like the worst. Old. Yeah, it's like a 12 year old. Um, and then one day I realized, like, man, you lose and they talk trash. Like, let them enjoy that good feeling of beating you, the, the thrill of victory, right? Like, if, when they experience that, like, I feel like it's a good thing. And it's probably a good thing that I don't win every time. And then I can also enjoy when I win, too. Yeah. And, you know, they've probably received, they've received the other end of that, too. The, oh, the you know, that's why they do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they know how awful it feels and they're just trying to like get back at the world. Yeah. You know, there's a, when I watched Deadwood, one of the guys, I, I can't quote Deadwood cause that, that, that show has some interesting dialogue, but I uh, love, I still call people hoopleheads to this day. <laughs> I thought it was a good show. Yeah. It was basically, he says something along the lines of like, life is painful, but then eventually you get to give some of that pain back. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> And I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that that's, that's the perspective. <laughs> was that the, the main guy? I can't even remember the main guy. The yeah, main the, yeah like the main, like, I forgot. It was a long time ago, but, but uh, 
Yeah, it does seem like some people live by that perspective. Like they've been hard, like harmed by the world or they've had a, a tough time and they're just, you know, what, what do the kids say? Waking up and choosing violence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think some people like, like do try to get back at the world a little bit, you know? And, and yeah, they, that's why they join your stream and they talk trash. That's who those people are. Yeah. Although, you know what? My stream is actually pretty cool. Like, there's not a lot of tolerance for that. Like, people don't get banned super fast or anything. It's just, like, it. the energy's really good in my stream overall. Um, it's probably got the best, as far as I've seen, the best, like, chat of, of Twitch. I mean, I am biased. It's mine. But, uh, like, everyone's just really, really genuine and supportive. And it's not, like, fake positivity either, where you just have to always pretend like you're like in a good mood or whatever, you know, things can be going bad for you. It's fine. Just talk, just be real. But, uh, in general, the stream like has actually, when I've been like getting bad beats or making mistakes, the streams actually like talked me up before and been like, Hey, head up, get back in the game. And I'm like, okay, hell yeah, let's do this. And so like a few things that I didn't expect to happen. One of those was that I really like, feel like I've made a bunch of new friends slash family in my stream and I've met a bunch of new people and that's been cool. Although kind of overwhelming, <laughs> but, but like mostly, mostly awesome. I can say that like growing a community, it, it is really cool. You do develop multiple relationships with people you wouldn't have met otherwise. And it's a really great feeling. And I would say too, like there's a, an expression that your vibe attracts your tribe. And I a hundred percent believe that in that mm -hmm. your vibe is chill, cool, don't deal with a lot of negativity, very positive person. That's the kind of people that you're going to attract to watch your stream. Yeah, I think I, I think that that's been what's been happening so far, and that's something that I, I was really surprised by and really liked is that, uh, yeah, it's just, just that. Uh... Hey, man, we don't take that. Like in, in my Slack community, somebody was like posting bad beats or something like complaining about stuff. And like, I wasn't even around. And by the time I got back, like the message had been deleted and like multiple people were like, yo, we don't, we don't do that here. This is not the place for that kind of, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, my guys are getting it done. It sucks sometimes though. When like, when like contributing members, like, like sometimes like, like members of the community will do, will, will post bad beats. And I'm like, uh, but then, like, you know, I have to just be like, hey, um, I'm really sorry that happened. But but please, in the future, like, we're just trying to keep the negativity out of it. We all go through bad beats. You'll never hear me or you, or you, you won't often hear me even talk about it once this happened. And I kind of expect the same from you. Like, and, you know, I, I don't know if that's harsh or not, but it just there's. If everyone just started posting their bad beats all the time, there's, there's nothing productive about it. If there's if there's strategy in the hand, if there's something that I can learn from the hand, or if it was just like ultra sick, <laughs> it has to be like really sick. Well, then, like maybe. a friend of mine sent me a bad beat one time. He got it all in with like an overpair against jacks for a hundred big blinds and like ran it twice. And like the dude binked a jack twice. Like that to me, that to me was just, he didn't, he wasn't even upset. He thought it was hilarious. Like that the guy yeah. could, could like bink his two outer on both boards. Um, That's impressive. It is pretty impressive. And, and like, <laughs> sometimes there are interesting decisions in pots that you lose. And those decisions ought to be examined and looked at mm -hmm. closer. But the result of the hand is ultimately not what 
matters and is and the reality is man poker is such an emotionally draining game of like super high highs and super low lows that we're kind of all on the brink right like we're kind of all on the brink of like shit can go bad like things can just start going bad and when you have a bunch of negative people that are posting bad beats you're like oh my god like even if i've been running good like it's gonna come the other foot's gonna drop and i'm gonna start losing a bunch of hands or if you're running bad you think oh it's never gonna end like look at all these bad beats it's just not a good thing exactly and and it's like I'm trying to keep it together when I'm playing super high stakes here. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot easier. It's, it's a lot, it, it's, it's hard to have to explain like right after I just lost something, it is kind of impolite to ask me right after about that hand, especially if, it, if, if it's questionable, but like, you know, people don't, don't think about that stuff too much. They only like, they're, they're often thinking about their own stuff. They're, they're not, they're not always trying to be rude either. It's just, you know, whatever um lack of lack of empathy i think but uh oh man there was something i was gonna say that i thought was it was it was linked to that nope lost it lost it it's gone <laughs> maybe there maybe we'll talk about it in the round three believe it or not i do actually have a template uh, uh that i wanted to follow in this conversation we we're, we're this is just uh us freelancing the the first 20 minutes of the show oh we're not we're not on template template oh no we're this is just us talking about stuff <laughs> oh okay yeah well um oh yeah 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 like regarding the um the stream stuff yeah yeah i mean it is it feels like you're being attacked a little bit and i have a negative i have negative self-talk right like or i've gotten way better with it and Same. i can i can see it now and i can see it and might be like okay like that's you can be like that. You can keep obsessing or you can, you can be, you can have um, a more positive outlook and really try to focus on the games that you're in, try to like make up for that. So you don't compound the air. Right. And so I'm better at that now, but having some little troll saying all the shit that I'm trying not to tell myself really, really sucks sometimes. You know what I mean? So um, that's, 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 that's the other reason, right? I don't, I don't like to be like censorship police, tell you what to say, all that stuff. But like, at the same time, I am really trying to focus and play winning poker here. So it makes sense to, to ask people to be positive, I think. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there has to be a level of self-forgiveness, like as it relates to your deuces, right? This is the only way that you can move forward from these situations. When you do something like that, the only thing you can do is forgive yourself and let it go and move on. Because the alternative, like, in my experience, is just rumination, focus on it, it detracts from my play, it detracts from my quality of life, because, like, no matter how a poker session ends, I always do something stupid and torch a stack <laughs> or don't size optimally on a river value bet or, like, I can always find things that could have been approved, improved upon, and if I, if I didn't let those go, I would just be a crazy person. Like, I just would. Yeah, I mean, the, the counter-argument to that is that you know, usually to be like the very best at stuff, you have to be a little bit obsessive and, you know, but, and, and beat yourself up when you make mistakes. I, I don't know if that's so true. It's definitely not good from a mental health perspective. Um, and I do think that, yeah, that's, that's, someone told me that one time they were like, man, um, it was in this like, uh, come alive thing. I went to this crazy, like retreat thing and, 
someone told me they were like, dude, like you, you talk really, really negatively about yourself. Like, I don't want, I don't know if I want to be friends with someone that talks about themselves like that because I don't want them to talk about me like that. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is that um, I do think it's really important to remember that treating people kindly includes yourself. Like you can't, if your self-talk is negative, um, well, that's going to yeah. mess you up. And to be honest, I, I think that's a little bit of an unfair thing to say to you because I don't think that you would treat somebody else like that. And I think that is the point. The point yeah, is that, that was like, his point actually. Yeah. yeah. The, the point is like <laughs> when, when other people are like going through it and they're upset, they're depressed, whatever it is, what we do as human beings when we're close to this person is offer compassion, right? We, we offer mm-hmm. compassion, love, and support. And mm-hmm. then when the perspective gets shift, shifted and it's us, for some mm-hmm. reason, we don't offer that love, compassion, and support. We offer the fucking – we throw haymakers at ourselves. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is I believe that when I do that, like – and, and some, some part of me feels like I'm justified. Like I need – like I should beat myself up over these things. And I'm saying that you should actually thank yourself mid-session. Always be like, thank you for, for, for working hard and trying to, to make money. Thank you for, for, for doing this, you know? Love That's that. really important. And then, like... Greatness bomb. <laughs> greatness bomb, nice. Greatness bomb. I got it from pads. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really think that that's, that that's important. And then... Um, that your ability to be kind to other people and, and, and navigate through life also starts with your self-love, right? Because how, if you can't, if you're not giving yourself that, it's hard to give it away. So I think that, that it's really important to do that and appreciate yourself, have some gratitude. And that is what, what helps me, I think, play long sessions and, and why I'm still in the game for a lot of reasons. But I think that, that mental game aspects like that. Another... Uh- I'm going to give you something that I I have given some of my private coaching students that I think makes a big deal. And I have them verbalize whenever they make a good decision. So whenever they make a good river value bet, like they choose a great sizing, it gets paid off. They run a great bluff. I have them give verbal affirmation, like, man, like that, that was a great bluff that I just ran. And I try to have them keep score, like scores Mm -hmm. one to nothing me. Right. Because if, nice. if you keep score and you're verbally affirming that you're, you've made good decisions, whenever you punt, whenever you do something subpar, you kind of realize the score is 20 to 1, right? The score is mm-hmm. not 0 to 1. It's 20 to 1. And it's a, lot, it's, it's a lot easier to feel better about the score being 20 to 1 than it really is like 0 to 1. That, that's good. That's good. So, John, you've used neutralized flop leads in the past 24 hours, correct? Yeah, so I got the basically the slide with all the info on it on Friday evening, and yesterday I played a session of uh, 1KNL on Ignition and played one particular pot that I remember where a fish just donks, flop, turn, river into me, and I ended up winning with a hand that I would have folded before looking at the slide, but I ended up winning like a $400 pot instead and the course is $99, so (laughs) definitely paid for itself very, very quickly, and I think that'll be the case for even people that aren't playing as big as 510 No Limit. Like, I think this is a course that will very, very quickly pay for itself given how how much more donking there is at lower stakes. And I think one of the most common questions I see asked in the Greatness Village Slack group is what do donks mean? How do I deal with donk bets? I, I think that's 
gotta be like in the top three most frequently asked questions. You you ought to feel very excited when somebody donks into you because some good things are about to happen. You said like you probably don't need anyone to teach the course or like you can just look at the slide and, and learn all the info yourself. I feel like you, Brad, will have to be there because I am I am almost sure, sure that anybody who looks at the slide won't believe it looking at what they're supposed to do and will have to confirm with you that like you didn't make a massive typo somewhere and that this is actually what they're supposed to do because it's pretty shocking the optimal way to deal with fish donking into you on the flop is. If you'd like to check out Neutralize Flop Leads so that you're never again confused when a fish leads into you in a single race pot, head to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. That's chasingpokergreatness.com slash N-U-F-F-L-E. And now, back to the show. We only have 30 more minutes. We haven't even touched the, the question. So let's, let's touch at least one question here, and maybe we'll just do a round three because it'll be necessary. We'll run out of time, and, you know, I think that's fine. I, I enjoy talking to you, so I, okay. I'm down for another. The, the first question that I have is, who is your biggest influence in becoming a professional poker player? I would say my friend Chase is probably, uh, well, okay, can I, can I tell this in long form? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, when I first started playing, I knew how to like study because I have chess, so I got a bunch of books. But I, I was I was all over the place. But I did throw myself like fully into it. Right then, I uh, <laughs> and then then I um I was losing for about a year and a half. Different um like deposited fifty dollars at a time, whatever. Then I met this guy Chase at a cash game, and he was making a living. In like 2004, he had spreadsheets. He had he knew about ICM in 2004. He had he had like all this stuff, and I was like, "Whoa! Like I can actually do this for a living." And that's when I really knew that I could do it. And I he set me up. Um, I still had plenty of up and down around it before that. And sitting the sit and go grind wasn't really for me, but that was the first time that I saw that like it absolutely is possible to to make a living here. And that was exciting to me. Chase, is he still in poker? I think, actually, I think he like, I don't even know what he's in, but he's, I'm sure he's making money, whatever he's doing. But because um, he's definitely that kind of a guy. I think poker was probably too small for him as far as like um, money's concerned. You know, that's the thing. A lot, of, a lot of the ultra smart poker players that have this just massive raw intelligence and ability, like they're super successful at poker, but if they would have chosen any endeavor, they probably would have been even more successful than they were in poker. I'm not, I'm not sure that I was one of those people though. Um, I was, I, I was somebody in life who, uh, I was talking about your friend Chase, not you. That's why you still play poker. <laughs> I know, man. I know I was agreeing with you, but then I was like, I'm not one of those people. Bassy. <laughs> no, but no, you're absolutely right. Like there are a lot of people in poker you're like well if you applied this to some hedge fund stuff like like dang you'd be ultra rich right and that's actually what like jordan is doing me personally like like i uh i'm in it for the love like i love poker like i like i like to play and i'm just really lucky that i found something that was like this i mean me too like i this was look 
growing up, how many times you get asked, what are you going to do with your life? Like, what, what are you going to be when you grow up, right? Oh, man, I, I got in trouble. Can, can I tell a story? Yeah, go uh, for it. Sure. I, uh, I was a little bit of a troublemaker in school. And uh, my Coach Davis came up to me and he was like, what are you going to do with your life, boy? And I was like, I want to be a fat, bald PE coach. <laughs> <laughs> And like he was a like yeah so like um I got in trouble for that even though I, I was just you know technically answering his question but um that was a mean thing to say as a kid and I shouldn't have said it but it was also uh, hilarious <laughs> he was coming he was coming at me man so, talk but, about sassy that's some sass right there true <laughs> um no I say like. I was asked hundreds and hundreds of times. I never had any answer. Nothing ever resonated with me. Nothing, like, moved me, ever. Like, people are like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to do all these things. And I'm like, that does not resonate with me. I have no idea what I want to do. And then when I saw poker, it just clicked. It was like, I want to do this. Um, And it was the first time in my life that I had a passion, a pursuit that I was passionate about. And Mm. I'm still grateful for that passion today. Yeah, I, I actually for me though it, it was a little bit different. Like, like I, I, I'm we have a lot of similarities. It's pretty cool, but I, I think that mine is like, yeah, I found it in chess. I was like, ooh, this is something that I really like. Like this game, I want to play chess and then I'm, forever. And then I was like, wait, there's no way I'm ever gonna be the best because I didn't start young, and and you usually have to be like a master by the time you're 12 to be like at, at the top, right? And then that that disappointed me. <laughs> so I was like, if I could always, if I could just play this game for the rest of my life, then I'd be okay. Okay. Um, well, if, if we want to get semantical here, like I would have been that, a professional thing, baseball player. That would have that would have been cool. Um, that would have resonated with me. That just wasn't on the table. Well, the, the thing is, like, like I feel like we're like violently agreeing today. What's going on? <laughs> but like, the thing is, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that, like, like I nothing really fit with me. And yeah. then I found chess, but it wasn't going to work. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I, had a, I got a psych degree, and, and I was like, maybe I can be a professor because you know people are weird; they, they they're interesting. They can learn about them. But that, I, I love it didn't, psych. It, it I did like it, and I I graduated with a with with honors or whatever. But like, it didn't. I was gonna have to be a professor, right? That was that was the plan. It, ironically, actually, I ended up being sort of a professor of poker. But uh, that that's, <laughs> but that that the plan was to be more of a of, of a of a psych professor. And, uh, yeah, then I found poker and that that's when it all clicked. And I was like, okay, if I put it, if I put it all behind this, I can, this is something that I can do that I love in my life and make a living out of it. And man, I'm, I'm super stoked that it, it's still, it's still, it's still working. Yeah. It's still a thing. Um, yeah. I, I want to correct myself firstly too, because like, I guess it's not fair to say that poker is like the first thing because I love lots of games, like, right? I, I love doing, it was just, how do I make money playing video games? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> it, it wasn't a thing, right? Like, I can't make yeah. money doing the things that I love. I, I love playing spades, but I can't make money playing spades. But poker was like, oh, I can make money and play cards at the same time. And that combination was really like, a holy shit, I can, I can do this thing. Totally. And I, I have to admit that there were, like, I've, I've looked back and, and, I've realized that there were like a lot of things that, that just really, really fit. Right. Um, my interest in, in people and people's patterns, my, like my high risk tolerance, 
my sort of disassociation with money, all those things combined. And then like my, my, my love of games and logic and things like that, it turned out that poker actually fit me perfectly, you know, but that's in retrospect. I had no idea that that was going to be the case, but yeah, I think like if I could go back, I mean, psychology, like if I had a thousand years to live, I would certainly get a master's in psychology and just really try to understand people and learn because people are just so fascinating to me. And I guess people is what makes poker fun to me because it's like trying to understand the psychology of what people are thinking and what they're doing and how do mm-hmm. I tactically um, address this. It's just, yeah, I love people as well. And psychology is a, a thing that I've, I've realized as I got older resonates with me a ton. Yeah. For me, it still is something like that. Not like, not like scholarly journals. I got really sick of that. To be honest, I got, I got tired of, uh, uh, academia like real fast. <laughs> and, but I, uh, I, I really like stuff about the brain and re- the relationship between the brain and like meditation, like Rick Hansen stuff. Like I, I like a lot of different, not hardcore neuroscience at all, but like more just sort of like layman, layman sort of psychology and brain brain stuff is, is always very interesting to me. I think that we have it all wrong though. I think that, that our perspective of, of the brain being a meat computer is probably not correct, but I'm not going to get too into that. A meat computer. You can't, that's, you can't say meat computer and not get too into it. Like let's go into what, the meat that, computer. That's, but that's what this, that's what science is looking at the, at the brain. Everything is supposed to be all like, like everything is very, very about, we're comparing the brain to a computer. That that's that's the science, the scientific uh, materialist view of things. I don't think that the brain is a meat computer. I think it's more of a uh, electromagnetic, like receiving and transmitting organism. It's more like a radio. But uh, I'm not going to get into it because <laughs> the reason and the reason why I'm not going to get into it is not because like I have some like crazy knowledge on it. It's the opposite. It's because I've read half of a book <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and i'm just not i'm not i'm not an uh, an expert on that stuff the the stuff that i love is like the mindset the performance i think performance is really interesting to me like how people self sabotage how we go about doing things how we hold ourselves back like i've learned so much about myself and how much i've limited myself um, just to stay safe, right? Like keep myself in, in a safe space and not really find my own limits um, under the guise of whatever excuse or reason that I applied. But that stuff just fascinates me. Like, you know, when, it, when a player's like obviously much better than the stake they're playing, right? Like they're playing 100 no limit, but you're like, dude, why are you not playing 500 or 1k no limit like why are you not moving up why are you not taking shots is it like a bankroll thing what's happening here and mm-hmm. typically it's not a bankroll thing right it's more of it's just they're afraid that they keep themselves small because they're afraid of making 40k a month like really that's kind of what it boils down to is like i think that they're they're afraid of realizing their full potential or they're afraid of trying to realize their full potential and not being able to I think that I, I agree with you, but I also think that you can put it into a, a bit of a, a different perspective, like, which is just that the way the brain works is kind of shitty, like in that it's, we have way more words for negative things than positive. It hurts more to lose than it feels good to win. Yeah. So that is what is why people don't stay in poker. I think sometimes for the, for the long run is because 
winning hurts way more than losing. And, and, and that for some people, they're just really avoiding that negative, like all that negative feedback that happens when they play high. I got a friend that's got now because of Bitcoin, like 15 million, but he, he won't play bigger than one, two, because he can't, he can't keep his win rate above five. He's like, when I, when I play like five ten, I can only win rate at like three. And I'm like, that's more money. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> but he just he, he's like i don't feel right unless i'm winning above five and, and you know like i'm just like well okay <laughs> that makes doesn't make any sense so yeah anyway keep going my bad I, I don't know what i was i uh i don't know what i was gonna say i, I lost my whole train of thought I'm good. So good. I'm good at making people do that yeah, we, we, we both just lose our whole tra- whole train of thought i, I was gonna say that i love the uh I love the soft disagreement with the the agreement plus, but I I agree, but um, oh, you know I've been told that I'm that I'm argumentative, and I'm like, oh, man, like I don't I don't mean to be. Oh, <laughs> um, like, no, man, this is yeah. I love being wrong. I love when people disagree with me. Like I I think that like being wrong is a great thing because when I'm wrong, I get to learn and I get to grow and be better. Well, the thing is, like, I wasn't disagreeing with you as much. I was, I was just more like saying that, like, I think that your perspective on that subject is correct. And then I added in like another framework for how I think I yeah, look at the, it. Yeah. Risk aversion but, is just like uh, Nick Howard's brother said that a lack of risk aversion in poker is almost like a superpower. And he's right. Like, <laughs> well, unless you. Or like Stewie Younger, in which case it's kind of like a the opposite of a superpower. But like for skilled players, highly skilled players that are not just pure degens, like a la- lack of risk aversion or a high tolerance for risk is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, mine mine is through the roof. So, um, and I, the thing is, I could have ended up like like a like a Stewie Younger, right? Like I, I I definitely could have at one point in my life. So, I actually was talking to a guy the other day on a podcast who was a young a young kid and uh he was like talking about how he got into poker and he studied it he did play money he and he eventually put a little bit of money on and i'm like see you i would bet money on you to win money in poker long run you know like and and i don't even know if you're like smart or whatever (laughs) i just know that you you have a methodical approach that's going to pay dividends in poker i'm an outlier like, I can see, I went kind of like, I went in like full blast, like trying to be the best in the world from day one. Like, I just, I just, not, uh, that wasn't really in my head, but like, it was, I really wanted to be so good at poker. Right. But the way he's approaching it. Yeah. My way is all or nothing. And it's going to end in nothing. Sometimes his way, a slow methodical approach where he uh, slowly moves up as he, as his skills increase and he, and he, and he, is training and and you know tracking everything that's gonna win money in poker almost always my approach that the way that i got here i don't know he, he's got a he's got a high floor but i would say that the ceiling is in question like how high his ceiling goes at which point does risk aversion come into play and at which at what point does he turn into you know your friend that can only beat 510 at three big blinds Per hundred and just sticks with like 200 no limit for the rest of his life um i actually didn't mean to discourage him i think i might have a little bit <laughs> in, in the 
was, just because I was I was telling him that I think like I was listening to him talk about things and he had so many different interests and I was like ah I I think that you are a a, a jack of all trades a renaissance man and I'm a specialist like I I throw myself into one thing for better or worse and I go 100 percent now specialists I believe make money but I actually respect jack of all trades more than I re- I respect a specialist because insects are specialists and <laughs> it's just doing one thing really well. Right. But for like extreme financial success in, in the poker sector, I do think that you, you need to throw yourself into it with, with yeah. Full intensity right? in the beginning for sure. Yeah. Like you, mm-hmm. in the beginning, like you just have to, because there's so much to learn. There's so, so much you, you need to do so much work that needs to be put into making this, a successful career path because like if you're not obsessed and immersed in poker it's very unlikely that you're going to make it um over the long the long haul i think so man i gotta address something too yeah like, i've got this thing like, like i did this video where i talk about my problems with addiction right and people come into my stream like or, or message me and they're like man i'm just like you like I just, I don't, I, I use drugs and alcohol too much. Teach me how to play poker. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, I succeeded in spite of that shit. That is not like stay away from poker. Probably <laughs> like if you have yeah. addictive tendencies, poker is probably not for you. Right. Uh, I managed to channel that addictive energy into what I'm doing to be successful. And now I have balance and I had recovery and, and like, I fell into all the holes that you can fall into, but I, I managed to somehow find success here, but my path wasn't linear. Right. And, and the other thing is, is that like, when someone just won't stop, like they just need to do it and they, but they have that addictive tendency. I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to put your addictive energy into being a professional poker player, Put your addictive energy into being the best player you can be. That means you cannot degen. That means you cannot do um, like you have to have a set schedule. You have to do this. Like really try your best to be, the, be to be a professional, and then maybe you can be successful, right? But yeah. in general, I don't think people prone to addiction are going to do well uh, playing poker for a living at all. <laughs> like, no, the the friend that I came up with was naturally way more skilled than me and could not also had problems with addiction and sometimes you just can't overcome it doesn't matter what your skill level is if you have bad addiction problems you're done like poker will like you will get sunk having one vice and if you if that vice is addiction to the pit to gambling to alcohol Mm -hmm. you're toast like i don't know how you made i don't know how you're here to be honest with you because Like you shouldn't be really um, just because it's such a hard thing to overcome. It's almost impossible. Luck, uh, hard work, help from friends. And that's about it, man. But A lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. Let's not sell yourself short. You got a lot of talent too. I was actually kind of hoping you'd say that. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it's been a fun journey and now it's cool being in a place of stability, but I am hesitant to recommend it to people as a career path. Like, I'm not like, oh yeah, you can do this too. 
Like I'm like, I can help you win money at poker, but I'm not, I'm not super sure if this is, if you should quit that 60,000 a year job. I don't know. Yeah. If anybody's listening to this, thinking about getting private coaching for me, the thing that I don't do is in the consultations, I ask people like, what's your life situation? What are you trying? What's your goal here with playing poker, trying to improve your play? And if people say like, I've got a family and I'm trying to play poker professionally, I don't work with them um, unless they have like some sort of redundancy. They've got a backup plan. They have a bunch of money in savings with like a job whenever they want it. Like, because to me, like it's just, it's too much pressure for me as a coach because I would be, mm-hmm. I would be devastated as a coach. If somebody had a family to provide for and they quit to play poker and like look to me to be their coach and they failed, like I, I couldn't live with myself. So I like, had that happen. I, not not quite like that, but like I had it happen where I basically just took took on complete financial responsibility for another human being, and like, and they were losing at poker for me, and then like, yeah, I was like, man, this job sucks. I'm like losing money, and I gotta be a cheerleader slash like therapist slash coach. Like like this backing business is not for me. Now, I think on a, on a large scale, it can be okay uh, and actually really good. But uh, for me personally, I, I and people come to me like want to do coaching for profit, which we have at BBZ um, and it, it can be really good. But for me as a coach, I'm like, listen, the reason that I coach is not to, the reason I coach is to have reliable income, to have income that I can plan around, you know? So it's not, I don't want to gamble more. The thing about coaching for profits, like I don't do coaching for profits either. And it's because we do. Yeah. Yeah. You you guys do is like a big stable and a big group. Um, I I don't do like the individual thing because like my guys that are like that have the potential and they're like ready to move up stakes. They just want to pay the flat hourly rate. It's the people who are playing much smaller that want coaching for profit, um, which basically means that the coach gets the short end of the stick one way or the other as it relates to like the long-term, the long-term money on like a one-to-one basis. But I guess if you're doing like 10, 20, 50 people or you've got a process in place that helps everybody where you don't have to give as much one-to-one attention. Cause I that's, think that's, that's what we do basically with coaching for profit. We have a, we have a, we have a coach. Um, we have personal coaches, I think actually not, not just one. And, but, but they can attend all of our seminars and we have, uh, seven seminars a week every day, except for Sunday, I do two. So there's like a community aspect in the seminars too. The, the seminars are, are also topic based often. Um, so just joining the seminars alone, like, Oh, there's also like, like preflop charts. So like, like if you, if you are in that along with having a private coach and all that, I think that, that, yeah, that, that, that can definitely help your, your, it's worth it for a lot of people that being said like on like a one-on-one level though i'm not really that interested in doing it because sometimes i feel like i get overpaid and then i get underpaid i I don't know just like i just want to be paid for my work when it comes to like like this kind of thing right i already deal with enough like yeah enough of the other thing like the ups and downs like sklansky bucks no (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be paid in sklansky bucks i I once uh built out a business model for like a potential staking operation and was just looking at it and kind of just amazed like how do people do this like this this business like it is a very tough business and 
you've got to have your shit together because again, like there are some things that can happen that just totally tank everything. And like paying for everybody to get one-to-one coaching is not a thing that you can do when running like a, a somewhat large stable. Well, what you have to do, aha, the trick there is that you get your best guys, the best coaching, and then you get them to lead study groups. And then it just kind of trickles down. Yeah. So they work for free. <laughs> so they're coaching people for free. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just don't realize they're doing it, but they're basically. But they're getting free coaching from the top. Right. So like it, it, it works and it, it, it's part of the community aspect, but that's actually what happens at BBZ. But also what happens in the BBC coaching and BBC community is that we've got the guys at the top who pretty much agree on on the direction that we're going in. And it's really cool. Like sometimes I'll, I'll see the chat and it's like people are using my terminology, quoting my stuff, bringing yeah. up charts from my stuff. And I'm like, cool. Like the the so it is there is like a community building thing that happens with stables. Um, that you can participate in without being a part of a stable, though, if you join BBZ. Man, I'm such a shill. Um. <laughs> hey, man, if you think it improves people's lives, then Dude. you would be – it would be selfish not to promote it. If you think that it's a thing that can add that much value, then you're basically obligated to promote it, right? I like that. I like that idea. Um, it's, it's a little tricky with the Ape Styles bundle because – I know that I worked hard on it. I know what that is I the made... Ape Styles bundle? Are you asking about my bundle, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Shouldn't it be like a bunch? Like, I feel like if you buy something from Ape Styles, it needs to be like a... What's a group of bananas called? <sighs> I don't actually know. But it's, it's, it's just... The bundle thing is like this new term. But like, basically what happened was I had all this material for that I made for Max Value um, based on like people asking me to make this material and, and also because I was like, mm, I can kind of make the beginnings of a course. And then Max Value, uh, there was there was issues with marketing and stuff. It didn't go down, but I had all this material that I made that I was that I knew was good. And I brought it to Jordan and he was like, well, I got the marketing. Let's do this. And But he's like, well, this material is like, some of it's kind of old, but it all works. It's just dated as far as like when you did it. And it's not a full course, so we don't want to call it a course but it's almost a course. <laughs> so we were like, uh, let's just call it the Ape Styles Bundle. And we just threw it, through, you know, but the thing is it is well put together, classroom style and everything. And it's 11 hours of video for like 99 bucks. And it talks about pretty much everything that I think about post-flop. Uh, there, it is missing some pre-flop stuff, but uh, um, it's a post-flop course for the, for the majority of it. And there is like, you can get pre-flop charts elsewhere, of course, but uh, man, it's taken off. Like people just really, really like it. When Jordan first started streaming and promoting it, he was like, man, I think it's going to be big. Like uh, people, the, the traction is really good. People are coming back and, and really enjoying it. And that was cool. And then he was like, but then you, sh- you should probably start Twitch streaming. And then I did that. And then that blew up and that was cool. But the thing about the Ape Styles bundle that's hard for me to promote sometimes is I still sometimes have some self-esteem issues. Even though like a thousand people have told, like have bought this thing and told me how great it is, sometimes I'm I'm like, is it really good? Like, are you sure? <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, this is so I I can I can tell you like this is a thing that it took me forever to make my first course. Years I would think about it, I would want to do it, and then I would sit at my computer 
and I would fire up poker instead. And this mm. happened forever, right? And one day I realized that like the, my biggest value, the thing that drives all the things I create in life is impact. I want to make an impact in people's lives and I want to in their poker life specifically. Like mm. I want to help them improve their poker game in this massive way. And mm. my fear was that whatever I made was not going to be good enough, right? And that kept me from actually executing and going through it and making the course. And for years, I would tell myself, like, what if it's not good enough? What if everybody hates it? What, what if it just doesn't do the things I want it to do? And one day it, it all kind of clicked to me that I realized that, you know, my fear was not that it wouldn't be good enough. My fear was that if I invested myself fully, I wouldn't be good enough that I wouldn't be good enough to create a thing that made an impact in people's lives the way that I wanted to. So like that was really what drove my procrastination. And at some point I just said, fuck it. I'm going to do the thing the best way that I can and put it out there. Whatever happens, happens. If everybody hates it, like Mm -hmm. I I told myself, I'm not going to go down saying like, well, maybe I could have, right? I at least want to know whether or not I'm capable of doing it. So I did it. I put it out there and people loved it. And I was like, okay, well, that was just like a fear of the unknown. And you just have to, sometimes you just got to try shit out. And like, basically, if you're never failing in life, you're probably not pushing yourself or taking on enough risk. I mean, if you look at the way that the Ape Styles bundle occurred, you can see that that was kind of an issue with me, right? Because it was like, I made this thing. I, I didn't really want to call it a course. So I'm like, okay, we'll call it a bundle. <laughs> I don't. I, I want to make sure that people get like. Actually, the other, the other the other part of it though is that I wanted to make sure that people uh, had nothing to complain about, right? <laughs> I wanted to make sure that for your price point, you get exactly what like, like, you get what it's worth. And, and and with the bundle for eleven hours of video for a hundred bucks, yeah, you get a lot of stuff. It's and, probably um, underpriced, to be honest. It is. It is actually. And that's why we never give any kind of discounts on it or anything. It's I don't it, it give has... a discount on anything I ever make, ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Because um, I think that it's already, it already is, is, is cheap. Or not cheap, but affordable. Um, I'm sorry, 100 bucks for, for a lot of people is not cheap. And, and I, I mean, hey, if you steal 100 bucks from me, I'm not going to be happy. Um, so uh, I, I need to watch out with that kind of terminology, you know. By Basically, the way, it's value. Like it's, they consume it. You, we know that it's a hundred dollars worth of value, assuming mm-hmm. that they pursue poker in earnest, and that's all. Yeah. That's all you could do. And that's that's and that's all I try to do. And and the thing is, it's it's people have responded really really positively. Um, so that's been that's been really cool. Uh, how this has all worked out, you know, the fact that I even like had my own section in a book. First time I wasn't sure I could do that. I even had some help with the, with the first book, and then I just just did it. You know, um, one foot in front of the next. I want I want your interpretation of this story though. Um, I'm in a study group, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing this ICM project. And my buddy, my buddy George, he does the first part of the, the ICM presentation, and it's amazing. And I'm like, crap! Like I don't even know if I can compete with it. This is like he did everything I wanted, but better. Like, what am I going to do? And I just thought and thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. And I couldn't think of anything, but I, I kept running through my head. I was like, man, Isaac Newton said that like, you know, he's not that smart. He just thought a lot about one thing. <laughs> so I just kept thinking, but the truth is 
I'm not, it, I'm actually not sure how to interpret this because I found something new. I found, I actually had a new discovery for a problem that we've been having for a long time, basically regarding this idea called pressure within ICM. And I found the solution to it and I, and I, and I organized it. And, and so I actually pulled something out of my ass that was like amazing. And, but I think that it happened right when I decided to actually sit down and do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I'm not sure though. I'm not sure if the thinking was useful or not. I think it was or, useful. Like the way, the way the mind works, you know, are, are the gears keep going. It's like mm-hmm. when you take a test, right? You know how the conventional testing wisdom is like, you read a question, you think you know the answer, but it's not coming to you. So you just skip it and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what happens is like the diffuse mode in your brain is subconsciously still working. So like when you actively think about something, even if you go and, you know, go to the park and walk around and don't think about it at all, or go watch TV or go to sleep at night, right? How many times Mm -hmm. you think about something right before you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, Oh, like you have new insights. It's because your Mm -hmm. brain is, is continuing to work. So I would Mm -hmm. say like, absolutely. Because you thought about it, that's probably where it came from. Man, I got to tell you this story. That it's Jordan's story to tell, but it's a cool story, so I'm going to steal it from him because it's his story, but it's related. Um, like he told me that he had he was playing like a lot of soccer as a kid, but he had problems with footwork. And then right one time before uh, a game, he was like ten or eleven. In his dream, all night long, he practiced his footwork, and then the next day he came in. And he, his footwork was, was better, and the coach even co- like commented on it, right? And uh, I was like, and Jordan, Jordan is not the kind of human being that would ever make up something like that. Look, there's, I can't remember what book this was in, and we're going over right now. We're uh, <laughs> we're we're already at four thirty, but I'll, I'll tell this story. We'll wind down. Um, in a book, there's this guy. He's in like a a prison camp, right, for like fifteen or twenty years, a very long time. Every day, he would visualize that he played golf, like 36 holes of golf every single day. He visualized it, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets rescued. He leaves, and they're, at, they're asking him questions. They're asking him, like, what he wants to do. And he's like, I want to go golf. Like, I want to go play a round of golf. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you've been in this prison camp for this long. Like, your muscles have atrophied. It's going to be a while before you have the strength to go play a round of golf. The, the next day, the dude goes and golfs a full round, and his body's completely fine. It holds up, right? I think this was actually The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin because he had another thing mm-hmm. where he, he hurt his arm, and it was in a cast, and it wasn't like it was going to atrophy before like the World uh, Tai Chi Championships, and he visualized it getting stronger. Like Every day, he would work out his one arm, visualize the other arm. When they took mm-hmm. the cast off, his other arm hadn't atrophied. Right. Like, and so I 100% wow. believe you that like there's power in visualization. And, you know, I think going back to like, we can tie this back into the, the meat computer in our heads that the brain mm-hmm. is just, it, you know, it, it's a mysterious and powerful thing that we probably, mm-hmm. we probably don't give it enough credit for how amazing it really is. Totally. Cool stuff, man. <laughs> cool conversation. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I guess we're going to end on me talking a lot, which is not my typical way of ending things. But um, oh. let's. Well, this is about you, man. You're my guest, right? You're you're my guest. This is about the ape styles chasing poker greatness. 
Well, you know, I, I feel like it's always a conversation. Anytime you do something like this, it's not it's not really about me. It's 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 about um us relating our experiences in poker together. So to me, it, it isn't it, it never really has been that much of an interview. I've had interviews before where the, the guy was where the um person seemed nervous where they were talking too much. So I was like, okay, I I guess I'll interview them. <laughs> you weren't you weren't like that though no i know i i was it was like 70 percent in jest and 30 percent 30 percent a little minor uh just self-deprecation um, you know how i know you're a nerd why that you that you just did that whole percent thing yeah, typically i say like 72 percent just <laughs> it's like my go-to like 73. I, I do that too <laughs> but did you know that like something like 77 percent of stats that people like quote are made up uh, i didn't i didn't know that um 67 of my podcasts in this way mr abe styles uh <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll end this way where can the chasing poker greatness audience find you on the world wide web and we need to schedule directly around three where i ask you some of the questions that i had prepared oh my gosh i i, I, was, I thought i made room for that my bad anyway hey check me out abe styles poker on twitch uh, Ape Styles is my Twitter and on most on Poker Stars and ACR, I'm Ape Styles as well. Ape Styles is where, where you'll find <laughs> <laughs> And bbzpoker.com, of course, is where you get the Ape Styles bundle and all our courses. We've got seminars as well that we talked about. Appreciate you, buddy. I'm By the out. way, a bunch oh. of uh, you're not out yet. I was going <laughs> to I was going to let the audience know. I, I Googled it that a cluster of bananas is called a hand and one banana is called a finger. So there you go. Buy the Ape Styles Whoa. hand. <laughs> doesn't bundle works better man i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with bundle i appreciate your suggestion though <laughs> it's it's the internet what? <laughs> all right man see you all take right, care see you thank you so much for listening to this episode of chasing poker greatness if you have yet to subscribe to the show please take a second to do so on apple podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be for more content from me coach brad please visit our youtube channel at youtube.com slash enhance your edge and i'll see you next time